Well, John encouraged us this morning out of Genesis, you know, looking at uh, some promises with Abraham and some things. And so I'll just kind of continue with that theme and see where it goes. Go to Genesis chapter 12. Something I wanted to share a little bit last week when we were talking about Jesus. We looked at just a few short verses and looked at Jesus and how he was a descendant of David. And after the flesh, you know, had that. And we talked about how... In our lives, you know, we have descendants of our parents, and we talked about, you know, how like the sins of the father are passed down to the third and fourth generation, and how in our lives we may have, uh, many of us, have family and parents that, you know, didn't necessarily have a lot of good things they passed down to us. Some of us may not have had much good things at all, um, and, and thank God, though, that we don't have to live a life after the flesh, after what we inherited from our family, but we have an ability and the option and the freedom and the right and the privilege to live a life according to the Spirit and according to Jesus' glorified body because we are His body. Uh, we are His hands and feet. He is the head and we are the body. And thank God that we have that spiritual body that we're part of. And it's not the flesh. Uh, it is of the Spirit. Uh, the flesh Flesh gives birth to flesh. Flesh is, is death. But the Spirit gives life. The Spirit gives freedom. The Spirit gives victory. And thank God that we don't have to, to live that life after the flesh. And, and you think about with Abraham and, and in, in Genesis chapter 12. It's the call of Abraham uh, that God had to him. And, and starting in verse 1. And I'm reading from the New International Version. The Lord had said to Abraham, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be blessed. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Wow. What a promise. All people on earth are going to be blessed through you. What an amazing promise. But I want you to notice something in this promise that Abraham has. God didn't say, okay, this is what you're inheriting from your father. This is what you're getting from your dad, from the generations to come. Here's the curses. Here's all this stuff. Instead, he said, I'm giving you an inheritance, and the blessing is going to be your descendants, the blessing that comes from you, the children, the nation. I'm going to make you a great... Nations are going to come. Kings are going to come from you, he talks about in other places. And the blessing that God has for you is not what you inherited from your family. The blessing is now, from Jesus, what is going to come from you. You have an opportunity to be a blessing to the whole world. You have an opportunity to be productive. You have an opportunity to see great things coming out of your life, irregardless of what you've inherited. You have an opportunity to pass on an inheritance. And whether you have children or not, it doesn't matter because we all are able to have spiritual children. Whether you have a mother or father that were good or bad or not, it doesn't matter because we all have spiritual mothers and fathers. And whether you have brothers or sisters that love you or hate you or persecute you, either way, it doesn't matter because we all have spiritual brothers and sisters and we're part of a body. You know, that's where, that's where Peter's like, hey, well, we, we left. You know, what about what we left? And Jesus is like, hey, anybody that leaves father, mother, brothers, sisters, husbands, wife, for my sake, you're going to receive a hundredfold 
all those things. And thank God for those blessings. Thank God that there's family members to go and help someone else. And they say, well, wait, I don't really know them. Listen, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. We're going to be there to help. And more and more, we're going to see that. More and more, we're going to see more and more people that are going to walk in that and be that. There is a lot of believers out there that are just frustrated. They're frustrated with the way the system's set up. They're frustrated with all the denominational strife. They're frustrated with unproductivity within their, their denominations and their churches. Here they volunteer. They do all these things and they don't see the fruit. And they're ready for something new and fresh. And God's doing it. He's pouring out His Spirit in such a powerful and real way. And the church is becoming what it's supposed to be. That body of Christ. And thank God for the time that we live in. Thank God for, for the things He's doing. Uh, one of the things that, that I've been working on and studying on is the image of Christ and the, the image that we re- need to reflect. And it's, man, it's such a powerful, powerful message that's just developing. And I mean, it's in me, but I'm just not quite ready to, to verbalize it all yet. But one of the things I was thinking about with that is Jesus, you know, when he was teaching, he would teach in parables. And, and they'd talk about, well, why, you know, why is he teaching in parables? What is this that he keeps doing? And they went back to a scripture verse that said, well, though seeing, they would not see see, and though hearing, they would not hear and understand. And you think about it, you think, well, he's teaching in parables, what does that have to do with seeing? And what is the importance of seeing? And it's so important for us to see the image of God, but that that image that comes, that seeing that comes, comes from the words. When Jesus would speak and he'd say, you know, the kingdom of God is like a farmer that's sowing seeds. What do you see? But you see a farmer sowing seeds, you start to see these things. You know, the kingdom of God is like this field with a great treasure in it, you know, that someone goes and sells everything they have to go buy. The, you start seeing in your mind these things that, that he's talking about and and you start to understand. And and the, the problem that the people had, the problem of the people that day that loved darkness so much rather than light, is that instead of seeing the reality, instead of seeing the truth, instead of seeing with spiritual eyes, they would look at the physical around them. And it's something we deal with all the time. See, we can be looking at our flesh. We can be looking at our background. We can be looking at what all our family and friends have done. We can be looking at our town around us. We can be looking at the finances. We can be looking at the government system. We can be looking at so many different things. And we're seeing, but we're not seeing. We can be listening to all the different things. Listening to the news reports. Listening to those that say, oh, it's not going to work. Listening to those that persecute us. Listening to the, the lies of the enemy saying, oh, you're unworthy. You're, you know, God's not going to do anything. God doesn't love you. All these different things. And we're hearing but we're not hearing and understanding because faith, it comes by hearing. And hearing comes from the Word of God. You see, we have to be hearing the right things. If we're hearing the right things, it'll change what we see. You could be looking at the very same thing, but because you're hearing it right, because your faith is right, you're going to see it differently. (laughs) It goes back to that old thing, you know, well, is is the cup half full or is it half empty? It's all a matter of perception, and that perception that's going to be right is when we get that Word of God inside us, when we let that faith grow inside of us and we see properly. And the image is so important because what's one of the great blessings from the Old Testament? But, you know, let let the Lord's face shine upon you. 
Well, he's going to shine and he's going to reflect back his image. He needs someone that's reflecting it back. We talked about it a little bit last week. You know, God inhabits the praises of his people. And as we're praising him, as we're worshiping, all we're doing is verbalizing what's already there in our lives. Why, why is it that, that uh, sometimes the, the people that are great men of God in, in the Old Testament and things, you would see them reminding God of things. Why? They're basically, they're verbalizing what God's already shown them, what God's already done, and they're speaking it forth because God works with voice, works with speaking. That's how he created all things. That's how he moves in our lives. That's what he just did with Abraham. He said, this is what's going to happen. What happened? Just these few, what, two verses there, you know, you're going to be a great nation. And look, look in the Middle East. Where did all those people come from? Abraham! <laughs> this, these two verses right here is what we're seeing all around the world. There are people all around the, the whole world is being blessed because of Abraham. And there's also the curse because of those that were cursing him, those that rebelled against him, those that, that don't want to follow his ways and his promises. And it all goes back. Two little verses. A few little words from God and look at how it's transformed the world. And so as we receive that word of God in our lives and we believe it and we speak it forth, it's not magic. It's not some formula. It's not some spell we cast. But we understand the word and we believe the word and so we can speak it forth and we can say, you know, by his stripes I am healed. <laughs> and start walking in the healing. Well, the doctor said, <laughs> yeah, but God said, <laughs> doesn't matter what the doctor said. It what matters what God said. The problem is too many people put too much faith in what the doctor said. They put too much faith in what the bank account says. They put too much faith in what the government says. They put too much faith uh, on what everyone around them says instead of listening to what God said. If you listen to that, you're okay. <laughs> faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We have to get that faith in us. We have to let that word in us. And God has chosen the preaching of the gospel... <laughs> To bring forth the gospel. It wasn't my plan. <laughs> it wasn't your plan. It was God's. And because of that, it's a good idea to listen to preaching. <laughs> I highly recommend it. <laughs> I do it. I listen to it all the time. I'll even listen to my own sermons because I don't always know what the Holy Spirit's going to say through me and I need to hear what He said too. And He's speaking here in this place. It's such a wonderful thing. You know, we think about uh, revival that's coming in the land and revival that's coming in the country and revival that's coming in this place. And listen, it's not a matter of, oh, we need to pray more for revival or we need to fast. We need to, what do we need to do to get God to do it? He's doing it. We just need to accept it and start walking in it. Walk in the faith. Understand God is pouring out His Spirit in this place. The revival is here. The glory of God is here. Come and let's shine it forth. Glorify it. Worship Him. Uh, let's speak it forth. Be thankful. Do everything without arguing and complaining. And let it just see. Let it sweep over the land. God, send the harvesters. Because the harvest is ready. It's just the laborers are few. Let, let's do it. I mean, well, man. 9-11 happened. The churches were full the next day. The, the Sunday before, they weren't. All of a sudden, the Sunday after, everybody's there. You'd be amazed how quickly things can change. Oh, and I'm so excited about what God's doing. But we just need to receive it. Just walk in it, you know? Oh, man, I'm, you know, the finances, the, my, my family's, the strife, the, there's so many things that are wrong. Don't look at those things. Don't listen to those things. Listen to God. I am victorious. 
I am the head and not the tail. I am the body of Christ. You're not under those things anymore. I'm okay under the circumstances. <laughs> Get out from under the circumstances. Don't you know that we are in Christ Jesus and Jesus is seated at the right hand of God the Father high above all rule and authority above every name that can be named above all of creation. There is nothing higher than Christ and we're in Him. <laughs> seated with him don't go under anything don't let something over you if something's over you it's because you're letting it get out <laughs> get out let look to Jesus focus on him set your eyes on the author and finisher of your faith let his glory shine on you it's shining but if you're under something, <laughs> you're not going to experience the heat of it. You're not going to experience the life of it. You're not going to experience the vitamin D that's produced by being in the light. Get out from what's over you. Step out in faith. And it's just a matter of believing. It's a matter of confessing. It's a matter of accepting. It's a matter of just letting it be. It's already there. Let it be. You already have everything you need for life and godliness. <laughs> Praise God. I'm talking to me. <laughs> Praise God. You're bugging me this week. And I just told the good Lord, I said, well, I can't do nothing about it. I'm just going to give. Praise the Lord. Amen. Got out from underneath it? Are you moving out from underneath it? Praise you God. You not about it no more. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah, I just said that. Ain't nothing I do about it. You're going to have to take care of it. Thank you, Jesus. And he does. I mean, that's one of the things I found with worry is that, you know, really it's, it's, it's a pride thing because we want to figure out what do we need to do to take care of it. And instead of casting it upon him, cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. And, and, and it's amazing how much those, those areas of pride come in and how we're just like, oh, my God, this, this. And again, going back to the image, uh, you know, I, I've talked about visions before, or, or the vision we have for the future, or what we're seeing. And, and sometimes, you know, say vision, and people think, you know, something mystical or something like that. It's really not. If I say image, maybe it'll work better. You know, like if I say uh, there was a dog running down the street, then many of you will picture a dog running down the street. I say if it was, it was a big black dog running down the street, okay, now you can start picturing a big black dog running down the street. It was a big big black dog running down the street and he was foaming at the mouth and growling and he was trying to tear my leg off well <laughs> now you got another image and 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 so when you talk about vision sometimes you know they they sometimes people think it's mystical but it's all about an image which and, and worry is that it's it's images in your head you're, you're thinking oh you know this road's going to be icy and slippery and you get this image in your mind you know what the road's going to look like oh uh you know the the, the finances that aren't there you know how am i going to pay this bill and you get this image of of bills not being there you know oh, i haven't heard from this person in a while boy they might have been in a car accident or something you start to get this image of of car accidents and stuff and we need to get those images out of our mind and get the image of god and saying hey god's protecting them god's blessing them god's watching over them god's already provided the healing he's already provided salvation uh, instead of praying for someone to get saved pray for them to just accept the salvation they already have <laughs> he's done it he's done the work <laughs> god save them he's did what he has to do just pray that they'll accept it uh you know god heal them no they're already healed they just got to accept it you know and, and same for us god would you please provide for me my finances it's already provided you just need to accept it oh what no, it sounds easy enough on paper, but when, you know, it comes down, <laughs> walk by faith. 
and not by sight. See, the sight will throw you off. <laughs> your, your eyes will, will cause you problems because the problem is we see in the glass darkly right now. We don't see the full image of God, even though it's there. The, the glory of God, the image of God, the, the power of God is visible in all of creation. You don't have to go far. You can look at the smallest little thing or the, or the biggest thing and you just see the glory of God everywhere, the glory of creation. It, it's, it's there. It's, it's manifest. It's, it's, it's not um, hidden in any way. It's so visible that God ordains praises out of the mouths of babes and infants because even children are able to experience and understand the glory and image of God. And when they're worshiping God and, the, and leaders say, hey, why don't you tell these children to be quiet? Jesus says, hey, listen, if they are quiet, the very rocks will cry out. Why? Because they're reflecting the glory and image and power of God. And we need to reflect that glory. We need to reflect that image. We need to reflect the true reality of who God is and some of the best ways we can do that is doing everything without complaining and arguing and being thankful. <laughs> Those are some powerful, powerful things. Sometimes we'll want God come and, and be in my life or, you know, send your presence and, and the reality is we are in Christ. The reality is God is with us at all times but then there's also the reality that we're two or three are gathered together in his name. There he is in the midst. Uh, the reality is he lives inside of us and yet God inhabits the praises of his people. He dwells in them. Uh, there are ways in which God is right there. He's ever present with us and yet we can draw nigh unto God and then he draws nigh unto us. There's ever increasing levels of glory in our lives and the way that we are able to release that glory and move from glory to glory to glory to glory is by the faith that we have, by the hearing of the word, by receiving it and just letting it live and transform us from the inside out. And it's not about rules, regulations, laws, formulas, you know, five easy, easy steps to experiencing the glory of God and they all start with G and <laughs> go to God and go to the Bible and I don't know. <laughs> I should have worked that one out ahead of time. There's so many messages like that, so many ways like that. It's just a matter of, man, listen to what the Holy Spirit's saying to you. Believe it. Walk in it. Man, isn't that nice? <laughs> Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy burdened. I'll give you rest. Man, if you're tired, <laughs> if you're burdened, there's weight on you, throw off that yoke and walk in the freedom of Christ. Go to Him. He's done the work. He's provided everything you need. But you have to go to Him. You have to take His yoke upon you. Be able to walk in His Spirit. The Spirit's already there. You have to walk in. The Word is nigh you. It's even in your mouth. You already know. <laughs> the Word's in your heart. The, the knowledge is there. The, the understanding's there. The faith is there. But, you know, seeing, you're not seeing. Hearing, you're not understanding. You've got to let that faith grow and you've got to speak it forth. Thank God that we can do that. Thank God that, that we have the opportunity to, to be able to walk in that. Thank God that that, that image and glory is, is there for us. Second uh, Corinthians, I hope you're, you're kind of grasping this. It's, this is kind of my transitional message because I'm kind of going from the whole the faith uh, or the, the flesh thing that we talked about last week, trying to move into the image thing. 
and kind of covering both a little bit, moving that way. But uh, 2 Corinthians has such powerful message about the image of God, the glory of God, and uh, is the area that, that I'll probably do a series of messages on if, if it works out. Look in, uh, you can go to chapter 3, chapter 4. Uh, I'll probably look at chapter 4, and we'll probably look at this again at another time because I'm just going to kind of give you a little taste of it. The thing I was looking at yesterday when it, when it talked about flesh and, and, the, and the battle we have because I talked about last week how so many people will talk about how we have this sinful nature that we're battling and it's all about the sinful nature and their focus on the sinful nature and stuff or in the King James flesh which is actually a better interpretation the the NIV I don't I don't believe is very good in the way it interprets that word it's the same word that that was in Romans that said that Jesus came after the flesh after David but when you look at in Romans where, where Paul's talking about you know things I do or I want to do I don't do the things I don't want to do I do and all that and it's kind of sounds confusing sometimes when you read it the way it's worded but he says the problem is and he doesn't say it's the sinful nature he says it's the sin that's living inside of me see we're in bondage to sin we're under the law of sin and death but the law of the spirit of life sets us free from the law of sin and death and again we're brought above it we're brought out of it we're brought away from it because now Jesus everything every under enemy is under his feet including death and that's the power that the enemy has is the fear of death over your life and it's not just physical death but death of relationships death of finances death of friends death of health all these different areas of, of loss you could say maybe instead of death and that, that's the way you can picture it but that law of the sin and death that's over us, we are set free from so that now we can walk in freedom. It's for freedom that Christ set us free in Galatians it talks about. And the freedom we have now is that we don't have that bondage to the law because if you break one part of the law, you're guilty of the whole law. But now, because we have life in the Spirit, because we are joined with Christ in the Spirit, we can walk in freedom, and we don't have to let that sin reign in our mortal body anymore. We don't have to give our body over to sin anymore. See, before we were in bondage to that, and we didn't really have a whole lot of choice. Because when you're a slave, you're a slave. And you kind of, you just kind of walk in that. And how many of you ever had a time in your life where there was some sin you were walking in and you weren't even thinking about what you were doing? You just kind of did it. It's like you, you went into automatic motion. It's like uh, we saw a guy at the, the grocery store the other day. He was so drunk he couldn't even walk down the aisle trying to go in and buy liquor and stuff. And they, he was so bad off they refused him. And then he was trying to go and drive his car and they had to go out and kind of kind of deal with that. And it, it was at a point where he didn't even know, probably wouldn't even remember. You know, just walking in that bondage to that thing. And so many people will do that. They'll, they'll, they'll be in bondage to that. But thank God that because of the law of the spirit of life, now we're free from that. We don't have to yield our bodies. But sometimes, you know, we're so used to doing that that we'll continue to yield our body to that thing. And that's where we can become that living sacrifice to God and say, hey, I don't have to yield my body to these things anymore. I can yield them to God. I can yield them to my spirit. I can let him. I'm, I'm free from this. I don't, I don't have to go to that thing. I don't have to indulge in that. I don't have to uh, be in bondage to that. I don't have to walk in that anymore. Praise God that we have that freedom. But see, if you're always focusing on the flesh, always focusing on the sin, any of you walk in that where you, you, you try to, oh, i got to overcome this, i got to do this, you know, New Year's resolutions people do all the time. They get, get so caught up, oh, this year I'm going to. Well, yeah, that's what you said last year. That's what you said the year before. That's what you said. But you're always focusing on what I'm not going to do, all these things. Man, just... Receive by faith what you already have and walk in it. 
You know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get healthy. It's like, man, you already have your health. Walk in it. <laughs> and sometimes that's harder for us to do than others because we want to do it our way. Remember the leper that goes to the prophet and he says, Okay, you just go wash in the water and it's like, you know, he gets all mad and the servant's like, Well listen, if the prophet told you to do some really hard thing, you know, climb to the top of the mountain and you know, then you would have done it. But because it's something easy, you just go wash at this river. Now you're mad about it. <laughs> sometimes it's that with us with God, right? I mean it's like we want to, okay, what do we have to do, God, to receive this blessing? What do we have to do to receive revival? What do we have to do to receive, uh, you know, how, what, where do I have to give? How much do I have to do to get, get this financial thing? What do, how do I have to budget? How do I have to, what do I have to do to get this health? And it's like, God's like, oh, it's already there, just walk in it. What? <laughs> no, God, that ain't going to work. What do I have to do? How do I do it? The, the Roman Catholic religion has a lot of that with penance and stuff, and there's some areas where they even have, people will, like, crawl on glass, and they'll actually be crucified the crosses, you ever see, there's places where they actually do that, you know, all kinds of things, whip themselves, they'll whip themselves with whips and stuff, you know, they got to punish themselves so then they can have, you know, God do something and, uh, and these things, and it's like, no, <laughs> it's not about you, Jesus did the work, are you saying his work wasn't enough, it is finished, he said, what, was he lying, <laughs> he didn't know what he was talking about, <laughs> no man, it's amazing. So in 2 Corinthians, and I'll just kind of give you an introduction to it, and then um, <laughs> and then I'll close. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and I'm reading from the New International Version. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. The, the ministry he's talking about is, is, again, the freedom that we have, the spirit that we have. He's talking about the glory of God in the Old Covenant. Moses comes down from the mountain. After seeing the glory of God, he's shining so bright with the glory and presence of God. They say, put a veil over your eyes, or put a veil over your face. We can't see this glory. And, oh, friends, don't. Put a veil over your eyes. Don't do it. Look at the glory of God. It's okay. I, I know you see what it could be, and you see the way it is, and sometimes it can be a little depressing. Sometimes you can think, oh man, how are we ever going to get to this point? Keep looking at the glory of God and know that we can move more and more to that point. And even though, you know, you may be here right now, you'd be amazed at how fast He can change that. Israel became a nation in a day. One day it wasn't, one day it was. And it's still there today. Despite everyone around them wanting to destroy them, blow them up, get nukes, all these different things. You'd be amazed what God can do. Don't shy away from, I know I've done that before, I look at, you know, what could be, or I see the glory of God in some place and just make me mad because I think, well, this is where it is, you know. It's okay. God can move us forward. Praise the Lord. So anyway, they, they, they put that veil over and they said that same veil is there when Moses is read to this day because they just, they're unwilling to see. They're unwilling to hear. They're unwilling to receive the, the true reality of God. And so, uh, therefore, since uh, through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. In verse 2, rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. And, and thank God that, you know, here Paul is talking about how he would clearly proclaim the word of God. Peter says that, you know, Paul 
they would take his writings and they would twist it, they would change it, they would not understand it, but he was clear in what he was saying. He proclaimed the word of God uh, and thank God that he did it without deception. And, and, you know, I mentioned, you know, that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. You need to hear preachers, you know, try to find preachers that aren't twisting the word of God for their own <laughs> use, for their own benefit, for their own glory. But even so, if they're preaching the word of God, there's going to be something in there because the word's still there. Uh, I heard... Um, when I was in Bible college, someone said, for the young preachers, always quote a lot of scripture in your sermons. That way you'll always know at least something you said was from God. <laughs> Remember, I always tried to follow that here. <laughs> On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Uh, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of dark, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. And, and that's the part I just want you to kind of chew on and look at, and I want you to look at some of these verses around it throughout this week, but uh, may it be uh, verse 6 for you this week. Meditate on this verse this week. God who says that light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. If you want... Anybody want to see the glory of God? Amen. All right, good. I'm in the right place. <laughs> preaching to the right people. <laughs> say preaching to the choir. That's a good good group to preach to, man. They say amen. And they'll sway with the music. <laughs> you want to preach to the choir, praise God. <laughs> you want to see the glory of God, you're going to be able to see it uh, and have that knowledge in the face of Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your spirit. As a matter of fact, if you've seen Jesus... You've seen the Father. He only said and did what the Father had him say and do. He is an exact representation of his being. Exact. <laughs> That's an exact word they used. That word there means exact. <laughs> he is exactly. He is the radiance of God's glory. And yet, you look at Jesus, and when he came on the scene, and what, what would people say about Jesus? Again, going back to that ancestry he had. He said, Joseph we know. Mary, we know. His brothers and sisters, we know. Who's this guy? Who, you know, at first they kind of liked him. They thought, oh, this is cool. You know, here's someone that grew up around us. You know. And then he starts talking about how God would work with Gentiles and different things like this. And they're like, who is this guy? You know, let's stone him. We know who he is. We know who he is after the flesh. They didn't know who he was after the Spirit. Jesus is talking to them, and, and they're like, you know, hey, our, our father's Abraham. We don't know who your father is. And he says, no, your father's the devil. What? What are you talking about? Because you want to kill me. Oh, what are you, we're not trying to kill you. And then, and then they're like, uh, Abraham was looking forward to my day. And they're like, oh, you're not even 50 years old. You're not 40 years old. I, Abraham knew you before Abraham was. I am. You claiming to be God? Who do you think you are? I am. <laughs> they wouldn't accept him because they looked. They saw where he lived. They saw his mother, who they thought was his father. His brothers, sisters, who he saw, thought, who they thought was his brothers and sisters. But he said, my mother and brothers, sisters, are those who do the will of God. That's my family. That's, that's who it really is. But they didn't hear. They, they saw, but they didn't see 
They heard, but they didn't hear. Trying to figure it out. I am the manna that comes from heaven. Your fathers ate manna, and they were still hungry, but you eat of me, you're not going to be hungry again. Oh, Jesus, give us some of that manna. The, the, the one that our fathers had. No, 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 no. That's not the manna you need. You need to eat my body and drink my blood. Well, this is a hard saying, Jesus. <laughs> Hold on a second. We don't want to follow you anymore. And then he turns to the twelve. He's like, well, what about you guys? Peter. Praise God for Peter. <laughs> Where are we going to go? You have the words of life. The word of God is the life that you need. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word. Get that Word inside of you and look to Jesus, the author and finish of your faith. Jesus talks about the kingdom of God being like a king, often in several of his parables. It's like a king that goes on this journey, goes off to a far country. And some people look around and they say, you know, where is God? What is He doing? If God really loves people, why are these things happening? If, if God is really this, this loving God, why, why are all these trials? Why are all these tri uh, problems? Why are all these earthquakes and famines and all the different things happening? It's like a king that's going on a journey. He's off and he's left his servants in charge. We're the servants that are in charge. Instead of saying, why are things the way they are? Why don't you say, well, how can God use me to change the way things are? God, I'm just going to let your spirit shine through me, transform my family, my life, and let's see it change the community. Let's see it spread forth. It's not what needs to be done over there. Let's go to Ethiopia and feed some people, Somalia. Let's go, let's go deal with the fighting in the Middle East. Man, deal with the fighting in your home. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> Deal with the strife that's there. You know, we, we need to take care of the, the, this whole world hunger and all the different problems. Man, love someone on your street. <laughs> Go to one of your neighbors and do something for them. The very one that's giving you a hard time. <laughs> the one that snuck in and stole something out of your backyard. Say, hey, I see you stole my shovel. You need a rake as well. Here you go. <laughs> and how about a wheelbarrow? Here you go. <laughs> how did they say it in the Bible? You know, if they, if they take your coat, <laughs> give them your cloak as well. Man, praise God. To, to be able to let that, that glory and reality shine forth in the face of Jesus. And as we look at Jesus in the flesh, it wasn't all that impressive. His ministry, His work, what, three and a half years or so? He's with these disciples. When it comes time for him to be arrested, do they fight for him? Do they stand up? Little bit. Chop off a servant's ear, and then what? They're gone. They're hiding. Peter, the one that says, I'll never deny you, is got a slave girl talking to him, and he's like, oh, no, no, curse, curse, curse. I don't know him. Wow. Didn't look too successful. <laughs> really? I mean, you look at Jesus' ministry, what? He came as king of the Jews, and what happened? They killed him, put him on a cross, rejected him, mocked him, came as a healer, and there he's up on the cross, physician, heal yourself. Came as a savior, save yourself! Up on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Came as God, and is on the cross saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? If you look at the flesh... If you look at the way the world wants to look at it, look at it as an unbeliever with your, the veil over your eyes that the enemy wants to put there. It's not too impressive. Look at your life in that way. What God's doing for you is not too impressive. Because you've got problems. There's strife. There's family members that are sick. 
There's people that are dying all around you. There, there's uh, financial difficulties. There's all these different things all around, and you're going, man, it don't look that good in the flesh. We've got to stop walking by sight and walk by faith and say, no, the glory of God is here. I don't need to call it down. I don't need to see more of God around me. I need to realize it's already here and I need to speak it forth. Where's the word, God? Give me a word. The word is not you. It's even in your mouth. Speak it forth. It's already there. Where's the glory, God? It's already in you, on you, and around you. And as you believe it, as you receive it, as you accept it, as you walk by faith and not by sight, you'll be amazed at how what you see is going to be changed. What you hear is going to be changed. You will see more and more and more of the glory of God. You can look at look around you. That's one of the reasons why we share testimonies here. Because you can look around. There's someone like Larry Evans that we had come. Who was raised in a believer's home. That's, you know, he was married, what was 67 years or something? I forget. Um, you know, and, and has had a ministry and a life of just serving God and stuff. And family and friends all around him that are serving God. And you say, okay, yeah, it can be that way. Irregardless of what you've inherited... Jesus didn't really inherit that much. He was just a Jewish boy growing up in a Jewish family in a Jewish community. His father was a carpenter. His mother was an unwed mother, teen pregnant at first. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't that impressive. It really wasn't. But yet, he's transformed the whole world. All nations being blessed through one person. Oh my goodness. Time itself. A.D., B.C., or... Some of them, you know, it's common error. They don't like to talk about Christ, so it's A.C.E. and B.C.E. Time itself has changed. There's celebrations throughout the year around the world. Easter, Christmas, different ones. You know, the Resurrection Sunday. You know, all these different things. Man, yeah. <laughs> you look by sight. You look by the world's view. You look by um, flesh. Not too impressive. So don't do it. <laughs> Look by spirit, look by reality, look by the truth. And on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people, just like that. They all forsook them. Not very long before that. <laughs> A few months. Wasn't too long. Now on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people from all around the world giving their heart to the Lord in one place. Mocking them first. Oh, you're drunk. <laughs> Praise God. It can be that way for you. Just walk by faith, not by sight. So that's the introduction. We'll talk about and look at the glory of God, the image of God, the, the reflection of God, and, and the beauty of, of how we can shine forth that image and look to the face of Jesus and, and shine it forth. You know, the best thing God can look at is himself. <laughs> and we are the reflectors to shine it forth. We are that glory. We are the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. And he will wash us by the water of his word. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your love. We thank you, Father, that irregardless of what we've inherited uh, in this world or by our flesh, from our families, from uh, those around us, that enemy that even attacked us, all those things that we can inherit, curses and all that stuff. God, uh, I thank you, Father, that we don't have to walk in those things, but we can walk in your spirit. I've mentioned before that the sins of the father are passed down to the third and fourth generation, but I didn't mention, and I just want to <laughs> let it ring forth and remind you, Father, and remind everyone here that the blessings go to a thousand generations. <laughs> 
And sometimes we're so easy to accept the curses, but we don't accept the blessings. I mean, even the blessing of Abraham is for us. The blessing of Noah is for us. The blessing of David is for us. All the blessings, the blessing of Christ is for us. Thank you that all the promises in Scripture are yes and amen in Christ. Thank you that we are seated above all rule, all authority, all powers, all enemies, all darkness in Christ. Thank you, Father, that we can walk in the light as you are in the light. Thank you that we can look to Jesus and see your glory, Father. And Father, we don't just want to see the glory in Jesus. Help us to look at ourselves and see your glory. Help us to be able to shine forth your glory and to just walk in your presence and reality that's already there. May things that were so difficult yesterday be so much easier today and tomorrow and throughout this week because we'll walk by faith and not by sight. And as we look, as we hear, as, as we're walking throughout this week, throughout this day, let us just hear your words inside of us. Let us believe who you are inside of us and let us be able to see the transforming of reality all around us just by simple faith in who you are and what you've done and what your word says. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.